Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. All right, good morning, we're rolling. Oh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> this is my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, today we are going to talk about Episcopalian fundamentalism. And so... Um, I believe we were... it's Episcopal fundamentalism. Is it? It is, yeah. Oh, that's why I have two priests with me right there, folks. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and um, of course we were been studying on this for weeks so we could present very good formed opinions or 15 seconds ago yeah so let's start um, father Tom I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and toss you under the bus here what were you just saying sir what is episcopal fundamentalism <laughs> I guess I would say any kind of fundamentalism is where you are more about the system than you are the savior and you're more into the um, salvation as my understanding versus a walk of faith where you don't have all the answers and I am a priest I love the prayer book I love the tradition but I would say the people that I've known that I would call Episcopal fundamentalists are the people who mm, maybe will choose someone out because they messed up something with the rubrics in the prayer book or maybe they get their been out of shape because the reader isn't just perfect or... Um, I'm straining here. Okay, but. so we, we, we ventured into this topic because um, we spoke about fundamentalism. Mm-hmm. And um, before um, we we uh, <laughs> talk about the sawdust and someone other's eyes, we have to pull the plank out of our own. That's right. And so um, that's kind of where this is coming from. So um, we kind of wanted to get the idea of what is what do we view as uh, the fundamentalist part of Episcopal uh, <laughs> denomination. I'm gonna play words, words. Um, so I would like to hear what Father Lee's thinks about this topic. Well, first of all, a few <laughs> moments ago, Tom said, "I love the pr- prayer book, the tradition, but," and they always say that whenever you put a but in a sentence, everything that was said prior to the but is a lie. So <laughs> it means that Father Tom does not love the prayer book or the tradition. <laughs> Um, no, I think, I think he, I think, I think, I think largely he's, he's right. I, I, you know, I mean, the rubrics, um, are, are in the prayer book, um, which, which, and and the rubrics, which are the italicized portions, which give direction to the priest or to the congregation are really minimal. Um, and they're there to kind of reinforce, um, the understanding of what's going on and facilitate worship and reinforce um, our our beliefs about God, uh, beliefs about worship, but they're very minimal. And a lot of the things that we worry about 
are things that are not even in the prayer book. So, for instance, which candle on the altar do you light first? Oh, that's good. Right? I mean, the prayer book is completely silent about even candles on the altar. Um, but yet we kind of build these things up as you, mu- you must, you know, you must have and you must do, and it has to be in this order, when really that's something that we have sort of um, created and added on. Maybe instead of the prayer book rubrics, I should have said my personal rubrics. Yeah, personal rubrics. Yeah, my little things that I think are important that I'm going to bind on everyone else. I, I found that we did um, <clears throat> we did morning prayer every weekday morning during Lent, um, and um, I found it interesting and a good test of grace. For a, someone that was doing it, that may have went out or inside the lines of the rubrics, because they didn't know they'd never done it before. Even myself, right? So, and, and it's funny because everyone seems to have their own way, even though <laughs> there's a very, you know, uh, what a what a specific, you know, instructions on how to do it. Some have options and this and that, but otherwise, um, and as you're sitting there. I found that it actually kind of interrupts my um, worship in that time when someone goes off of what I expected. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I wrote something about that. I'll see if I can dig it up. Um, because it's just interesting. You're sitting there, and you're following this, and you're waiting for this, and they do this. And it's like, what? Well, you know, so uh, <laughs> are you going to take a bath in that lotion? <laughs> it's really dry, okay? <laughs> Tom's over here giving himself a manicure and a facial while we're, you know, trying to have this conversation about fundamentalism. <laughs> so, okay, so I, I this actually made me think of something. So, what if that um, now I'm going to play on your guys' uh, titles? What if a parishioner? I love it that you said your guys's. Your guys's <laughs> gonna fix in the fit in the, uh, is doing morning prayer and goes to absolve everyone and doesn't use we instead throws out the you right you and i mean would that throw up the fins not for me but i'm sure there's somebody some episcopal fundamentalist out there who would that would get them bent out of shape right and 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 there's a and there's a difference for me between um sort of what 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 is it like the sin of omission and sin of commission i mean there's a difference between Somebody like so, for instance, um, a, a, a parishioner who is doing morning prayer on a regular basis, and and kind of knows to change those, and and for whatever reason imposes some personal theology upon the prayer book. Where, well, I don't think the priests are the only ones who should be able to to mm. give absolution, and I think I should be absolved to should be able to absolve too, and and I think that's a very different thing than sort of. You know, whoops! I've I've made this mistake because right. because we've because you know we've all we've all done that. Right. Um, it's it's sort of the when 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 I place myself above, sort of the communal you know kind of understanding. Okay, okay. So I think that where I grew up in a fundamentalist world, um, evangelical fundamentalist world, we don't. Um, we had our unwritten rubrics, and that's all we functioned by. <laughs> and then we would p- 
point to some church like the Episcopal Church or the Catholic Church and we would say, those people think they're saved by their rules or that book. But most people in the Episcopal Church, with the exception of Episcopal fundamentalists, <laughs> <laughs> they see the prayer book and the rubrics as not what saves them, but as this thing that binds them together despite all this very difference of opinion on lots of things. It's like the, the thing that unites the church, and that's what how it got started. That was its whole point. Um, so, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, <coughs> as I cough, um, what I was going to say is I, is I think that that every community has its unwritten rubrics. I mean, I don't think Church of Christ is, is unique in this. And, and we oftentimes will try to enforce um, our understanding of the way it's supposed to be done upon, upon somebody else. And so, you know, I, I, I'm sure that, you know, if, you know, whenever that time is that I were, you know, to leave my current congregation, somebody else comes in, well, why are you doing it that way? You know, you know, Father Everett always did it this and, and kind of like questioning like, well, are you doing something wrong? And the thing is, is we build these things into our expectation, and when when they're changed or unsettled, you know, it, we can we can react in really unhealthy ways. That's not much different than kind of how fundamentalists react when they feel like you're like moving a a, a piece of scripture. Um, and I've seen Episcopalians kind of kind of do this. Amen. Do you trim your eyebrows? Do I need to? <laughs> Tell you, Rowan Williams needs to. <laughs> Rowan Williams has some awesome eyebrows. Uh, well, yeah. no, I was uh, because when I turned forty, all of a sudden I get all these Edward Scissorhand finger hairs that start coming out of my eyebrows. I'm like, what in the world happened? So um, you have nice eyebrows, Everett. I have some Thank that you. come out of my ears. Like I've no oh, yeah, hair yeah. in my ears. Yeah, yeah. And I have not turned forty yet. Oh, you lucky sucker, you! <laughs> you that means know. that you're. It's going to be even worse for you. <laughs> That's, true. that's right. How is that that's related? Right. To, to what? To, to what anything. we're talking about. Nothing. I, I, just, I was just curious. I was just curious. You, you really had very nice eyebrows. Gonna, I thought you were going to make a... <laughs> I thought it had something to do with fundamentalism. Well, it's, you know... Friends first, guys. Friends first. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Yes, back to our point. <laughs> um, so... It should be an eyebrow model. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hand model. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh gosh, there we go. Close talker, close talker. <laughs> he has man hands. Um, okay, so when I when I first came into uh, the Episcopal Church, I am in there judging absolutely everyone around me from my upbringing, and I'm thinking, what is all this vain repetition? What's going on here? And you know, we say the same thing every week, and all this, and we're all sitting there repeating it, and I'm going, oh my gosh, this is not good. You know. We're publicly praying, just like in the, you know, et cetera. And um, <clears throat> over time, it was, um, the, it's just when you know, when you learn, or when you're taught something, it just, it opens so many doors because, um, you know, and so, well, I guess what I'm leading at is that if there is something that is confusing, go ask or go study it because later someone came to me and goes, well, this is a communal uh, obviously, a common book of prayer, um, a communal 
prayer that we do or, or, or the liturgy is uh, based in community. And at times, and one of the best explanations I've been given is that times when you are too weak or too hurt or too whatever to say the prayers, the community is going to say them for you. So just stop. That's and nice. listen to the community, and they will hold you up during that. And I thought that was absolutely beautiful and wonderful um, and speaks to, you know what? It's not always, you know, praise Jesus every day. Sometimes we got to just be quiet and let it be and let others do the praying for us. Let it be. <laughs> um, I think... I can't speak for other seminaries. I went to the same seminary as Everett. The best seminary, Seminary of the Southwest. Hashtag my SSW. (laughs) I, I of course, went many, many years after him. (laughs) But, uh, no, I'm kidding. About three or four years after. But our professor of liturgy and the chapel at Southwest were good about breaking you of your fundamentalism Mm. the chapel i i love it now but when i first experienced it i hated it because there's no clear front every season they move the chairs so for part of the season you're facing the front for part of the Mm. season you're facing what used to be the sidewall or you might face the back or you might face each other and we do right one then we do right two, then we do, well, we do like three months of right two, then we do a week of enriching our worship, and then we do like three months of right one. Week too much. And then, <laughs> and then we shift, and, and by the time you graduate from there, you've worshipped in so many different ways. That, but the thing that united you every time was the form in the prayer book. And so you're broken of whatever it is you loved, had fallen in love with from your home parish, and you've experienced all these different forms, and you but you can see the prayer book in all of those forms, so it kind of really stretches you. I will, I, I, and I, and I, I agree with everything that Tom just said, but um, <laughs> you lied, you're lying. I, I, I think that within um, a community, I mean, so a community is going to develop shared practices. And a shared, this is the way we kind of do things. I don't think that it's that it's necessarily bad. I mean, like like in the morning as my family is getting ready, you know, I, I kind of know that, you know, I, I go and I get my, my youngest son out of bed and I, you know, change his diaper and I get him dressed. And that's just kind of the way that that, that we do things. Um, and that's okay to have like, like, like patterns. What happens is that where it kind of goes overboard is when if it's not done that way, you cannot possibly imagine that we're doing is right. And and you know I, I'm not one for you know well let's just totally you know reimagine you know service every week and let's move all the chairs around and and do all those things because I do think that that patterns of dependability are are important for our spiritual life. Um, but it's when we begin to wor- worship those patterns rather than the thing that the pattern's trying to point us to is the problem. Yes, that's good. I was not suggesting that we make Sunday morning church like no, no. chapel at Southwest. Yeah. But, um, but, I, but I'm sure that you all have run into people who have been Episcopalians elsewhere 
and they they come to St. Patrick's, or they come to Christ Church, and 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 the, the, there's something that they're holding on to from the way that their old church used to do it, or the church that they grew up in did something, and they just cannot even imagine why, you know, how, you know, by God, St. Patrick's isn't a real church because they don't, um, or Christ Church isn't a real church because they do this thing that we never did. Um, Trinity doesn't face each other during Lent because you can't move the pews. Right. <laughs> right. I find. Do you have something else? I was going to say I find. Um, I find that um, there's many things that actually, um, in a fundamental manner, uh, transcend the denomination realm. Even, uh, but I, I always think of something like um, sitting in the the specific seat. Oh yeah, um, in which um, I learned that it, many many moons ago, uh, years ago, uh, that people would pay for where they sat in pew, church. Pew rent, pew rent. Okay, and so um, which is very it funny. Was a great fundraiser. Was that what it was? Really? Yeah, that's, yeah, funny. that's how they kept the church open. It was a fundraiser, so it was like a tithe. Yeah, you'd rent you'd rent a pew box, so your family would have it because so they would have pew boxes. And your family would own this pew box, and it was reserved, you know, for for you. And so that way, you had a seat up front. It was uh, you could make a make a lot of money for the right. church, right. and you had a reserved seat. <clears throat> uh, but then it was turned into something where people wouldn't allow other people <laughs> into their pew box, right? And so visitors would come in. Or others, and they wouldn't have a place to sit because they didn't participate in the fundraiser or something like that. Maybe yeah. that that part's hearsay. <laughs> but 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 um, we do in in our churches. Right, we have this is my seat, and if somebody right. else sits there, ahoy. <clears throat> right, don't you dare come down my row and excuse me, you're in my seat. <laughs> and um, you know what? I've witnessed witnessed that very few times, but I have seen it happen before. And it's just interesting because, I mean, when I walk into the church, and, and that's a being partially a habitual creature, I would think, because when I walk into the church, I immediately go to the right. And I don't know why. And, uh, like, I, sometimes I'll actually make myself go sit on the left just for whatever reason, that it's my own experiment or whatever. Um, but you're very habitual in that you just tend to float to where you do. This is a life hack. Most people will go to the right. Oh, really? So if you ever go to like a theme park, go <gasps> left because almost everyone's going right. So there's Yeah, so like if you go to a theme park, go left. If you're trying to go see Shamu at the show and you're walking into the thing, Which you shouldn't do don't turn that's right. mean to the wells. Yeah, bad. Uh, what? Blackfish. Go watch that documentary. <clears throat> oh, okay, boy. go ahead, Everett. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so if you're walking into the planetarium show, hang a left. Whatever it means is when you walk down Main Street in Disney World, go left and see Pirates of the Caribbean first. Yeah. Not Shamu. <laughs> we, that, that, that's, called a, that's called a wall. Right then and there, no one had anything else to say. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help you. We just got picketed. <laughs> Okay. Pete is going to be protesting this podcast. <laughs> Gosh. I'm looking for something that I wrote down. Um, and I now i got to read it. Oh, okay. So um, we were talking about earlier where in morning prayer we had different people that would come in and lead it. 
And uh, so now I'm going to read something I, I've never read <laughs> before, uh, which I shouldn't, but let's do it anyway, because you know what? We can do that. So the idea was that people were leading morning prayer and doing something different, as we spoke about in the rubrics, rubrics or something to that effect. And I said, it's almost impossible to not fall. I'm quoting myself. That's okay. I don't know how I feel about this. As Justin Dixon said. As Justin Dixon said, it is almost impossible to not fall into harmony with other people while performing the liturgy. The liturgy draws into relationship, into harmony, and even, even when we fall off or lose our way in the text, the others are there to guide us back. And when we can't perform for that day, others are there to recite the text on our behalf. Liturgy is a calling into how God calls us to live in harmony, covering for one another and being there to help those to join us when they've gone astray without judgment, but welcoming their voice back into the melody of worship to our Father. The more voices, the more in relationship, the more praise and honor the Father receives. Oh, I like that. That's Thank good. Thank you. That's that great. Thank you. But that was, that was one of the morning prayers we had. I kept getting off because I would just sit there and I'd read and I'd read and I'd go uh, <laughs> and I'd fall away and then I'd listen and I'd be drawn right back in and as we live life um, I feel like a nerd now this is funny um, as we it, you get off you get off and that's where people like especially you guys sitting in this room I can come to you and go I'm off <laughs> and um, we can sit down and have a chat I had a nickel for every time you said that. I know, right? Slap me around a little bit. And <clears throat> go I, think why, I think that's why it's important. I mean, that, this is this is like the strength of the prayer book tradition and the liturgy um, is there's that, that, that shared story, that, that, that communal thing. Um, and it's why I think it's important to try to stay true to um, the words and the text within the prayer book. And I know clergy who who they will just add things that they think should be there that aren't there or rephrase words that they would you know if they were writing the prayer book this is how it'd be phrased and <laughs> you know but guys this podcast is about Christ- episcopal fundamentalism right sorry and about some place in the middle we transition to defending why it's okay that we're fundamentalist <laughs> did we <laughs> it feels like it can I bring up another fundamentalism? I think we should. So, so where, so whereas our, our our evangelical brothers and sisters, we will sometimes accuse of being of worshiping the Bible. Um, I think that that Episcopalians can worship the Book of Common oh, Prayer rather than yeah. the God to whom the Book of Common Prayer points to. Mm. And. And as much as I love the Book of Common Prayer, it is it is it's not but God. Everything you said was a, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Um, that's a much more articulate way of saying what I tried to say earlier, which was when we worship the system more than the Savior, or yeah. we worship we we hold on to our rules rather than. Walking in faith and kind of unknowing, yeah. um, trusting God in the midst of that. So, I think you're right. Will you say it again? No. 
Uh, <laughs> rewind. We worship the prayer book more than the God that it points to. Right. And it, yeah, and, and and I've and I've heard people say, like, I've heard Episcopalians say, well, the prayer book's the most important thing, or we don't need scripture. We've got the prayer book, and you know, and it's like that no. The prayer book itself doesn't say that. Right, the prayer book doesn't say that. And it and if you go to the back of the prayer book, our bishops gathered in the quadrilateral. Yeah. And said they'd be willing to abandon the prayer book for the sake of church unity. They said these are the four things that Serious. Yeah. That these are the four Boom. these are the four things that we think are non negotiable and the prayer book is not in those four things. Our bishops said that Yay us. Oh I over mean <laughs> over a hundred years ago. Well it was a weekly weekly communion. Um or sacrament of communion. Let's, uh, do we have, if only we were in a priest's office. I've got a book of common prayer right here. Yeah. Book of common I don't prayer. have a Bible near me, but I have seven copies of the book of common prayer. <laughs> uh, the catechism points to, you know, not not the prayer book. And then in the back of the prayer book, it says our bishops have made the statement and, and all of our discussions with other denominations have built on this is in the historical document section, but we have kept it alive as, as it's been the basis for all of our ecumenical talks with other denominations. So in preschool? <laughs> so the four things are that the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testament is the revealed Word of God. The Nicene Creed is the sufficient statement of the Christian faith. Uh, the two sacraments, baptism and the supper of the Lord, ministered with unfailing use of Christ's words of institution of the elements ordained by him and the historic, historic episcopate locally adapted in the methods of administration to the varying needs of the nations and peoples called to God and unity of his church. So, scripture, creed, sacrament, bishop yeah. are the four, like, we things that we have said are, that, that are, <coughs> yeah. yeah. Bishops write this? Yeah. <laughs> well, but they're saying, their their argument is that from the beginning, the church has been led by... Peter. Yeah. Peter. Well, by the people that the apostles appointed in their absence. And, right. and for example, we have full communion with the Lutheran ELCA mm-hmm. in the United States. And since that move, we've had three of our bishops show up for all of their bishop installations, and they've laid their hands on them. And really? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And there was a group of Lutherans that broke off because they did not want that. Yeah. Us. They didn't want to have, they, they, they thought that was instilling something that was not a part of Lutheranism. So right. they, there was a Lutheran branch that broke off over kind of establishing um, but they don't the have, apostolic succession of bishops. Right. They don't have our prayer book, but they do have the sacraments. They have... The scripture. scripture. They had the Nicene Creed already. Um, we have so much variance as as far as doctrine, but we we said that's not that's not the issue for us. It's right. So and there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, expanding on. That's all I have to say about that. That's all right. All right, we're almost out of time. Um, expanding on the common <laughs> book of common prayer. <laughs> Peace as to being, um, I'm glad you shared that with me. 
I'm glad that you... So you guys went inside out in this thing in preschool? Yeah. Okay. Because I had to have it, the whole thing, you know. I made it to catechism and uh, this and that, so... Uh, but, um, the... What about Episcopalians and Scripture? Um, I feel like it's... Is that not the next prayer book? I mean, is that the next podcast? Trend, <laughs> maybe. Trend. It should be. That, well, you want to talk about that next time? You know, I don't want to say, you know where say I'm what headed? you're saying. I don't, want okay. to, I don't well, know where you're headed, but I no, think... No, it just seems like it's trend that Scripture isn't as important to us. And, um, you know, and, and, it's, and there's a balance, I think. There's a balance of... You know, the whole Bible sword drill thing and Bible bowl and all these, just being able to answer all the questions and then living into what Scripture calls us to live into. And it just seems like they're, you're just dying to say something. Go ahead. Well, we have a lot of Episcopalians. We're a church of refugees and we have a lot of them mm. who were beat up by right. churches yeah. that were. So it's understandable that they are nervous around folks who claim to know everything about the Bible or have all the answers. But, that being said, <laughs> Everett. But, never be the same again. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> no, I, 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 I agree, and, and I think that it, it, it's reinforced when, you know, when folks say, you know, well, the Book of Common Prayer is more important than the Bible, or... Um, you know, there's that there's an old joke about the lady who's the, the longtime Episcopalian who says, well, I sure do, you know, like that Bible. It quotes the Book of Common Prayer so often. <laughs> um, and, 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 and our ignorance of Scripture, I mean, despite getting a ton of it on Sunday mornings, is, uh, to me, is just frankly, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. And, and, and Episcopalians, if they're not opening up their Bibles and they're not reading it, um, you're 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 missing out on the on on one of the top things that has sustained, nourished, and informed Christians for two thousand years. And you know, open it up, read it. Um, and our RCL, our lectionary on Sunday mornings, this is going to be put this on a podcast. <laughs> but I mean, it, you know, it cuts out anything that might be objectionable. Like the yes. like the other day, like, like I think mm. last Sunday, there was Ooh. a psalm, you know, where where there was a piece of judgment. So it just skips a verse because we don't want to have a, a a word of judgment that's that's read. And 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 I so I'm not even sure that the way that we try to deal with scripture is all that helpful because we try to take any part that we don't agree with out rather than really wrestling with it. And well, no, that may this may be the start of another podcast. I think Everett has something to say about this. What do you think? <laughs> well, every time the whole the psalm comes up about bashing the baby's heads against the rocks, <laughs> which comes up in the lectionary quite often, it feels like to me more than it should. I think that I would disagree with. I wouldn't say it. It leaves out everything that's objectionable. Chariot and chariot drivers. It's always objectionable. Sorry, I can't say that word. It's all good. I'm good with words. <laughs> well, the without the scriptures, we have no prayer book. That's what I would say. Mm, right, right. I mean, the which prayer, is a good thing. Yeah, the prayer book is the prayer book because it's ninety percent scripture. Right. Um, right. It's devotional reflection upon the scriptural story. Yes, and it takes. It's powerful because it's 
it helps us in our modern world take the scripture out of our private, like we used to say, we rejected the Pope and we made ourselves all little popes. Because we mm. got to take our Bible home and check on, see if the pastor's right. Nice. If you don't like it, go start your own denomination. That's why we have a thousand of them out there, you know, 10,000. I remember so. when um, one priest in this room, not you, Tom, mm. um, shared something that said, should, should we take the Bible out of the layman's hands? <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then after you dig into it a little bit, that blog post, you remember that? It, 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 said, it said because people take it and just absolutely take it the wrong way and do wrong bad stuff, blah, 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 blah. But right. anyway, so... That's a that's a that's another podcast. That's that's our go to line. Um, We're leaving people hanging at the end of this, are we? We need to tie. There's, this there's up. Be, hey, in music, that's what you're supposed to do. We need to tie this up in a bow. Two bars. Tom, tie this up in a bow. Yeah, for please, place. Tom. Well, you know, guys. Now that we've rejected Episcopal fundamentalism, <laughs> the work for us in the future as a church will be. To find a way to avoid the pitfalls of the far left and the far right, as we open the doors of the church up to many evangelicals who are fleeing their congreg- their traditions because the extremism that we're currently falling into is just not something they can live with or raise their kids in. But as we welcome those folks, we need to, instead of helping them reject scripture, we need to give them a healthier view of scripture. We don't need to go to the other extreme and say we're we don't believe in the Bible or we don't you know. Amen. That's there you what go, I, buddy. That's what I think. Someone give him a microphone. I don't know what that had to do with the fundamentalism, really, but yeah, I was thinking about the name of this one. Will probably change to something like Episcopal Fundamentalism, and are you guys talking with A-D-D. not enough coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, wrapping it up. Thank you, and may the peace of the Lord be with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.